podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day, I'm James. Welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast, the Australian opinion on Formula One, where sometimes funny intros are written by a man who is joining me for this episode, a preview of the Singapore Grand Prix. And I'm joined by said funny man and my friend and yours, Thomas J. Camp. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, listener. I'm very, well. I'm very sorry. I am prepping a early <laughs> intro, but I've got a severe case of writer's block at the moment, and uh, mm. I may just be a one-hit wonder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is probably <laughs> that is a description I want to use for you very often. Uh, fantastic! You you just nailed it so far out of the park. Um, everyone was shocked, Campy, uh, and so much so last week. I, I know you had other things to do, but I said that um, you had crumbled under your own pressure and uh, decided to sit out the podcast I, because you couldn't be bothered did, doing another one. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> no, there'll be one coming back. It'll be good. Psyching yourself right. out. That's uh, what a what a very Australian thing to do. Well, listener, great to have your company. Thank you so much if you've been uh, watching us on YouTube. Plenty of you have been doing that. Uh, we have <laughs> seemingly a lot of uh, fans now in the Netherlands. Welcome to you. Um, <laughs> so Hello, Dutchies. strange wonderful <laughs> bunch is. of human beings. Yeah, it has been great to see a lot of you in the comments. Uh, and thanks so much for listening uh, on audio platforms as well. If you want to listen uh, ad-free, jump across to uh, Patreon. Links in the description below. Uh, you can sign up and get ad-free episodes. And that's streamed straight into Spotify. If you want, you can unlock um, the ad-free versions of all of our episodes straight into Spotify if that's your platform listening venue of choice. And now it's time for the Discord comment of the week. Okay, Campy, let's get straight into some Discord stuff. Our Discord comment <laughs> of the week. First up, oh. now this is more of a collective Lakeside Drive um, Discord comment of the yes. week. Um, comes from Brabham. Um, says, uh, I got all excited because I found some GA tickets that are available for Saturday at Albert Park. Then realised it's my daughter's first birthday. Oh, no. Oh, I'm pretty no. sure my wife would divorce me if I went... <laughs> Court and many others just said, though, why not have the party at Albert Park on Saturday? You <laughs> see what's the first birthday? Welcome to the Grand Prix. Uh, have all of this noise inside your ears for your first birthday. Uh, yeah, Brabham, that is the absolute right thing to do. Campy would do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you need $10,000 to get 10 tickets to the, <laughs> to the event. So it's the most expensive first birthday of a child of all time. <laughs> Uh, surely it'll get cheaper at some point in the future again when oh, it loses its popularity. Please. One day. One day maybe. One day hopefully. Um, and, uh, well, that's this, as I said, there's heaps and heaps of fantastic things happening on Discord. The other thing that's happening on Discord is we have a beautiful little server uh, of uh, Discord cats and dogs. 
Lakeside Drive cats and dogs uh, and other yeah. pets. Everyone is welcome. Um, this one caught my eye. You'll have to go and visually look at it because, of course, for an audio podcast, terrible content. But Brody, who is new to the Discord server, and his grey kitten, Klaus, who is lying fully outstretched, flat, arms in the air, tummy to the world, exactly how I imagine Campy after Danny Rick comes back, wins the World <laughs> Championship with Red Bull uh, next year. That's how he would look as well. <laughs> Uh, and Campy, I've I really enjoy I really enjoy the social media accounts of Formula One, and not because of the content. The content is all pretty much the same. It's well put together. It is fairly samey. But I love the comments. And here is the comment that I found this week uh, that I really enjoyed. Now, in 2013, Mark Webber had a bit of an issue with his Red Bull. You may remember around the Singapore Grand Prix circuit, and he got a little taxi lift, he got- didn't he, with one Fernando Alonso? He did. Now, he lost the point for it too. He did lose uh, a point no, for sorry. it. Not a point. He lost uh, FIA racing points, so you demerit yeah. point system. How dare it's like Seb Vettel riding around the Australian Grand Prix circuit on a scooter. Don't don't do it. The FIA don't doesn't know how to comprehend anything like that. Um but <laughs> <laughs> but this this comment got me, and I think this is a comment that gets applied a lot to a lot of different things now. It's been making me laugh. Um this user says uh 10 second penalty for Ocon. <laughs> Just everything that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's a penalty for Ocon. Very, attracts, very good. He's had a stinker of a month the last four races, hasn't he? He's just <laughs> every possible penalty. He's the new Fernando Alonso. Imagine driving for Alpine. Imagine thinking to yourself, Renault is a good choice. Well, not anymore. Well, uh, move on. Disappointing. Here we go. Oh, can I just say, Lakeside yes. Dog, Cats and Lakeside Drives, Cats and Dogs is my favourite. Area of chat. Yeah, I've recently <laughs> everyone's favourite. A new puppy, <laughs> and uh, I'm debating whether to see. I've got my new truck, and it's been lifted significantly now. It's got big wheels, so you've mentioned looks that, yep. tougher <laughs> than the front wheel drive Hilux, and it used to. But now I have this <laughs> tiny little poodle that my wife purchased, hanging his head out the window, and it just doesn't quite go with the look that I'm going for. So um, I'm debating whether to pull that picture up, but it'll be up at some stage. It's very so, sweet. She's very sweet, your dog. She's very um, cute, Bonnie. And I'm a but, big softie. Uh, you are a big softie. It is. It's, <laughs> one of, it's, just, it's just one of the greatest things. There is a photo already that you posted of both of you uh, in in that in that thread. You should go have a look at it, listener, watcher. Oh, no. It's uh it's a great thing. All right. There's there's not really a lot that's been going on in uh, Formula One this week, Campy. A couple of noticeable things. We'll focus in on the Australians. Of course, I'm talking about Daniel Ricciardo and Valtteri Bottas. Let's talk about Daniel Rick first. Uh, he's been back to the gym after his uh, surgery to get his hand sorted out. It did look like a lot had happened in there, though. It was a pretty big scar. Yeah. yeah. Can't remember the technical name of it. Everyone became a uh, metacarpal, a PhD metacarpal. That's the one. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like there's been some pretty significant screws put in place to hold it together. So oh, I imagine the force feedback on those on those steering wheels can do a bit of damage if your hands caught in the right place. So yeah, it's a shame for him. It's just it just means that he that those two races that he got together, he may need another couple of races just to. 
not that he can't drive and not that he can't get performance out of the car, but just to be familiar with it and get some consistency. So he will get that before the end of the year. And uh, it's just a bit of a shame to see it happen, how it's played out. But it's been great for Lawson. So I don't think, yes. from all rumours, we won't see Danny Rick this weekend in uh, Singapore. He will probably be back for the Japan Grand Prix. But um, I actually think that the decision at Red Bull's been made already to bring Danny Rick in back to the top team. And I, regardless of what happens this year, I think Danny Rick goes to the top team. I'm not sure what I do with Checo because Lawson has performed pretty well, all things considered. And we could be looking at a Yuki Sonoda, Liam Lawson seat at Alpha Tauri next year, and Checo could go falling away into the abyss of the Formula One past drivers, possibly. It is an interesting space that we find ourselves in because. If if Checo does stay, as is his contract, and if uh, if Helmut is not to be believed, then Alpha Tauri being rebrossed, re rebrossed. Yes, it is being rebossed. Hugo rebrossed. Boss, uh, rebranded to Hugo Boss um, or Toro Brosso, which was my other Discord comment <laughs> on the week um, from Ross. <laughs> yeah, which is of course it's Ross. Fantastic, always on fire. Uh, it, it is. It's been interesting because Yuki Sonoda is coming under fire too because his uh, contract doesn't exist next year. So if Checo was to stay at the top team, what's stopping Red Bull from pulling up Liam Lawson into Formula One alongside Daniel Ricciardo, keeping Daniel Rick there until uh, the seat becomes available at Red Bull Racing? The the point about what do Red Bull do with Checo? Well, they don't need to do anything with him, do they? Because he's not a Red Bull driver in the same way that Nick DeVries isn't a Red Bull driver. So they can just cut him away and leave him up to his own devices, I suppose, to find another seat. I, I think Checo's probably, if it was any other driver, if I go back to Red Bull and the Seb Vettel, Mark Webber years, if, you, if you're comparing Webber and Checo, Checo's done enough to stay. I just think there's too many forces out there that want Danny Rick back in that seat. And from a marketing perspective, the globalisation of the sport and particularly moving into America, those big markets. Danny Rick is the outside of your Lewis Hamilton and your Max Verstappen, the drivers' champions, et cetera, et cetera. Danny Rick is the character that everybody's getting involved with and, and loving. So I just – that's that for me is why they want him back. And they've – He's obviously got great relationships inside the team and they want to see him succeed. He, he, I think he made the right call to leave Red Bull at the time. But with hindsight, which we've all got PhDs in, so Freya, you do have a PhD in something. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, look, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, if you had your time again, you may have made a different decision. So... Um, he will be right. He'll be back in that team. But Helmut Marco is the interesting one for me. He's been mouthing mm. off about Checo, which I, I, I don't think is deserved because Checo's done enough. I don't know what the personalities are like in behind closed doors. We hear rumours every now and then that he's not the most well-liked character, but I can't speak to that. I don't know. I'm not working in there. He's, you know, he's massive for the sport, in particularly South America. Um, You know... When Tommy T was over there, he just said Checo was absolutely everywhere. So he brings a lot to the sport too, but I'm just not sure that the organisation as a whole wants to move forward with him. So, But Helmet, 
Jeez, he keeps mouthing off about Checo, and he's come out and apologised ahead of Checo's 250th Grand Prix this weekend, said, oh, I don't want my comments to ruin his weekend. Well, a bit late Too for late. that helmet. <laughs> he, he, you've got a record of I, – I don't mind him saying what he thinks, but sometimes it's just – it comes from places where it's like, what is going on here? But we don't know the whole story. We don't know all the facts. So you just keep being your helmet and – not have the respect of any fans or anybody around the world, really. You just keep doing you and we'll clap you along the way, however you choose to go about it. Yeah, he's certainly a very interesting and divisive character, that is for certain. Mm. He's also been at the heart of the uh, devastation of many Formula One careers, let's think in recent history with Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon, both of whom are still back on the grid, at least lucky enough, outside of the Red Bull seat. Um, There is still some kind of thought process that Alex Albon would be linked to go back to Red Bull Racing. Ain't going to happen. He's too busy building Williams around him and having a great time doing that. Uh, I'm not sure that car is going to be where it is now in the future. I think we're looking at a a team that is really going to be on the up in a good, positive way now that the right people, especially someone like James Vowles, is at the helm. Campy, you want to talk about wine and Australian Formula One drivers and wine and why you shouldn't buy St. Hugo and you should buy Valtteri Bottas's collaboration with Oliver's uh, Taranga, which is a beautiful little vineyard in McLaren Vale area of South Australia, which is where I was born, which is a fantastic uh, thing. So I'm already on board with it. But uh, it's called Ihana. It's a collab between Oliver's and Valtteri. Uh, Valtteri spent a lot of time there uh, at the beginning of this year, especially just before the Australian Grand Prix too. And I did think to myself, "Mm, I wonder what's happening here, but it looks like this vintage is going to be a good one for him too. Uh, Look, this is a really great thing. Unlike the Daniel Ricciardo thing, uh, St. Hugo is owned by Pernod Ricard, which is a huge international company owning many, 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 many things and used the opportunity of Daniel Ricciardo to try and rejuvenate the brand of St. Hugo. This is a small producer with great wine and McLaren Vale makes incredibly good wine uh, at a really decent price point. So for a change, we don't have to spend stupid amounts of money here. You're welcome. Thank you, Valtteri. You're welcome in advance. Uh, You don't have to spend a a huge amount of money here to get that wine, probably. You do if you live probably elsewhere, including in Europe. Uh, So for once, it's nice for us to have the cheaper stuff here in Australia. Um, If you want to get behind Valtteri Bottas, who is... uh, has his cap out, clearly struggling at the bottom of the, uh, towards the bottom of the ladder, <laughs> then um, <laughs> buy his wine, I suppose, but it looks good and you'd be supporting a small producer and I love that a lot. As Valtteri's marketability has gone up, his, uh, unfortunately, his race results have gone down, I think, at the same rate of, <laughs> as which the other has. So Such a let's shame. see if we can get his marketability and his, and his race results back up to where they need to be. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in the well, jaw of a wine. Can we just go back to Williams quickly? For yeah, a sure. What is their goal? Where do they – What ultimately they want to win championships. I don't see that happening in the near future. So what is their goal moving forward? With James Fowles, does he get swooped up because of the way he's performing by a top team again? We know he, he came from that Mercedes umbrella. I don't think he'll go back there. But does another team offer him something he can't refuse, which you know ultimately hinders the organisation? I think for them, they want to be the best of the rest and probably beating outside of your big three. You've got you've got your uh, the Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari. They're, they're what I call the big three. Then after that, you've got your McLaren and your Alpine. 
And then the, there's the rest of the pack after that. Aston Martin, you can throw them in there too. I think where Williams probably wants to be is that fourth or fifth best car on the grid. And I think if they can get there and then sustain that over three or four years, I, I just think that organisation has done the best they can with the cards they've been dealt. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably a good shout. I mean, they're not obviously everyone wants to win championships. That's that's the point. I think they'll probably sandbag where they currently are, which is con- consecutively getting into Q3. That's probably the first tick for them, for Alex Albon. Um, next, it should be getting into the points. In every Grand Prix, at least one car, then both cars. It's sort of obviously uh, Logan Sargent probably not going to be around next year to, to help that along. I think Williams would be trying to look at someone who has a little bit more uh, skill in the sport. Not saying Logan Sargent doesn't have skill. He is a skilled driver. That That is no doubt there. But someone maybe a little bit more experienced. You like of Heat, Nico Hulkenberg, for example, to try and just push the car consistently where it needs to be. But I think, Campy, they're aiming for a 2026 position where they've sort of boosted themselves up the championship standings towards the mid-pack between now and and the end of 2025 to be able to really be in a good enough position to start taking podiums from 2026-27 and looking further down the path where they go there. I mean, a lot of teams will be wanting to do the same thing, but I think Williams, especially under Albon, it was a shame that the Italian Grand Prix didn't yield the results that they were hoping, uh, considering they had a very specific wing, which is the only team to have a very specific wing for Monza. Um, the tyre load, just the deg- degradation rather, was just too much for them. But you still saw Albon uh, able to put some fantastic passes on, but also some fantastic defensive manoeuvres. So I think even if someone was to come knocking, let's be honest, for James Vowles, you're either going to back to Mercedes if, if Toto Wolff decides to retire Maybe there's something in saying that, going, all right, well, let's go back. Aston Martin, I mean, Mike Crack is doing a pretty decent job. Uh, he'd probably be doing a better job um, if the, the team was well-balanced with both drivers. And you're looking at Ferrari, which is no thank you. Fred Vasseur's already got that. Red, Christian Horner ain't going anywhere from Red Bull ever. And then you basically, McLaren, no, Alpine, well, they're a, a crazy bag anyway. So why, I don't think there's anywhere else is what I'm trying to say that James Vowles would actually want to go apart from maybe back to Mercedes, but I don't think Toto, in the same way that Christian wouldn't give it up, is giving it up anytime soon. Probably not until Hamilton gets his eighth world championship. Uh, they're not. <clears throat> the thing for me too is is that they're they're not a privately owned team anymore. They are, you know, they're, they're owned by... Deloitte Capital. Oh, sorry, not Deloitte. What are they called? Uh, starts with Doralton. something. Uh, Doralton, that's the one. So if I'm Doralton, I want to get the team to a point where a major manufacturer can come in and buy the product and they make, what, 10 times their money. And I think they're on that trajectory. But does the team – when does that happen? Does that happen for 2026? I'm not too sure when the plan for that is to happen. If I'm Audi – I'm not looking at Sauber as the team that you want to join. I'm looking at Williams. I'm going, that is the team that I want. They've got the history. They'll keep the name, all of such things. Be a Williams Audi outfit or something. And that's the team I'd be wanting to do a deal with outside of Alfa Romeo. So I'm just not sure where that sits. But long term, I think that's probably what they're working towards. Well, it's a bit late. Audi and Sauber is a done deal. So that's everything that's going that one path. I'm just I'm just pointing out the fact that if I'm Audi, I'd be looking somewhere else. But does that leave the door for Porsche to come in, or we know Andretti wants to come in and do a deal with the team? They won't get their own team, 
And I don't think F1's ready to put another two teams on the grid. And if you think back to the area of the the HRT and the and the Lotus, they were just so far behind. Or oh, sorry, the caterums and stuff. They were so far behind everyone else that it, that it didn't work. And it's not a great look for the sport. And I think that's the way that like uh, an Andretti Motorsport gets in is they team up with the Williams, who have got the infrastructure, they've got the history, all the relationships in F one too. So and that that'll bring their next level investment, and that hopefully gives them the ability to invest in the off track stuff, which puts the performance on track, and they they eventually win world championships again. So yeah, that's, yeah. Look, that's I where think I see I'd, it going. I'd like to see Haas and Andretti get together. Although let's keep it American, you know. And Andretti Global has just been announced. They've just launched that brand, and to to build that massive factory to have a engine manufacturer on board in in Cadillac potentially to actually make them a works team just not a, a buying parts team which we've spoken about to death probably at this point I would love to see that keep the American dream alive we're just going to take a quick ad break and when we're back we'll talk about the other bits and pieces that are going on in the world of F1 this week Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIC preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH backtrainingsc.com to inquire. Well, a massive thank you to NordVPN for sponsoring this episode of Lakeside Drive, the Singapore Grand Prix preview. If you're traveling to the Singapore Grand Prix circuit, it is fairly easy to get to. One of the good circuits in the world that you can stay in a hotel. You can even watch it from your hotel. But if you are in your hotel using Wi-Fi, it's best to keep all of your data secure. And the best way to do that is by using the fastest VPN in the market, which is NordVPN. If you're a listener of this show and you don't yet have a VPN, well, here's the good news. You can go to nordvpn.com forward slash lakeside drive right now. You can get a two-year plan, which is heavily, heavily discounted. Plus, at the moment, NordVPN are throwing in four months absolutely free on top of that. So you'll be absolutely secure for two years, four months. At a very good deal. Uh, and the best part is, if you're not stoked with it, you get a 30-day money-back guarantee if you decide to cancel it. NordVPN is the, is the fastest VPN provider on the market. It's the easiest to use, and we all use it. Plenty of us on the Discord use it as well if you want to watch the Grand Prix from wherever you are in the world. If you need to get onto KO, for example, you can do that. So do yourself a favor. Get protected online. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash lakeside drive right now to get yourself a good deal. Okay, we're back. Now, Campy, a couple of things going on in the world of Formula One. Uh, there's, as I mentioned earlier and in earlier podcasts, there's, there's been this link between Carlos Sainz and Audi. Now, we spoke a little bit last week, you weren't here, in terms of how Carlos Sainz leverages that to stay with Ferrari because, let's be honest, Ferrari in the short term is his journey to getting a world championship or a race win at least a lot faster than Sauber, which is not anywhere near them in the current format. So you thinking about that and if that was to go well, Campy, and let's say that Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz remain at Ferrari for the next couple of years, 
There are some other potential options for Audi coming in in 2026. One of those might be a German driver that that is already on the grid. And uh, he said that he'd be pretty interested in moving across to Audi, but only if he was doing good enough at Haas. Talking about Haas just before the ad break. Nico Hockenberg's return to Formula One has been pretty fantastic, to be honest. His stocks are certainly a lot higher than they were when he left, although he wasn't doing a bad job when he left. Let's be honest. Certainly, I think compared to Ocon, Hockenberg was a much better driver alongside Daniel Ricciardo and the Renault. What do you think about having a German driver and a German team? Oh, excellent. Oh, oh, look, with the comebacks that we've seen, you, you know, you've got your Fernando Alonso's, you've got your Hulkenbergs, you've got your Magnussons, Danny Rick's comeback. After having time out of the sport, it proves to me that two things. You, you don't lose your driving skill and it doesn't fall off a cliff once you hit 40 like Fernando Alonso. So that's that's a plus. And it says to me that the young crop coming through is not as good or as they haven't had the time to learn the craft over many seasons. So I think you've got to put, you know, three or four seasons into these drivers before that, you know, before they get to a point where they are consummate professionals and they can have a couple <laughs> of years off and then come back and perform straight away. So for me... For me, the young kids aren't as good as what we've been told they are. So um, getting back to your question, Jim, yes, I want to see Hulkenberg in a German car. And I want to see a German race back on. I'd love to go back to yes. the the, uh, the Nürburgring. Well, oh, no, Germany has gone, fallen outside of the <sighs> friends of F1 and Putting a racetrack there, I don't know. They used, you know I mean, it goes back probably a decade now. They stopped having a German Grand Prix, but the European Grand Prix was always held at a German racetrack. I mean, during COVID, we went to, uh, what was it, the Nürburgring and the other one. Danny Rick got a podium. Hockenheim? At one of them too. In Hockenheim, that's the one. Uh, great tracks and, you know, they race really well. And, I mean, that race we had there during 2019, that, that crazy wet race we had oh, best was race. excellent. So oh. Oh, best race that we've seen in a long time. So. Yeah. Yes, I want to see it happening. And I think these older drivers moving forward will have a lot more. They'll be considered a hell of a lot more than these young kids coming through. So We've seen this really recently too, Camby, because we had an influx of Albon, Russell and Norris in 2019. There's a whole, a whole bunch of junior talent that didn't exist. If we took one at a time, you know, would have had some pace. And, you know, yes, I mean, I was a big I was totally against pushing out all of the inverted commas older drivers. Um, look at the likes of Marcus Ericsson, who had a terrible car in Sauber for the longest time. And then in that very short period where Charles Leclerc came in um, and was teammates alongside him, Ericsson put in a, Ericsson's not as good a driver as Leclerc, absolutely, but he was at least putting in decent results for a team that sort of needed that level. Anyway, I won't go on too much about it, but it is good to see drivers can come back. Yeah, and getting back to the Carlos thing and, you know, the conversation you had with Freya last week, Carlos at the moment, Carlos always has these purple patches in the year mm. where he's performing week in, week out. He historically and he historically starts a lot slower <clears throat> and builds his way into a season. But he's in his purple patch at the moment, and I think the way he drove in Monster, he compromised mm. his own race by trying to defend as much as he did. And Leclerc mm. just sat in his 
you know, sat in the DRS, was nice on the tyres as he possibly could be, so that when the eventuality of him, uh, his teammate getting overtaken, he could pounce. But Carlos had it over him all weekend, and uh, I think he needs to do it week in, week out for the rest of the year for Ferrari to really consider him to be, oh, okay, maybe we've made the wrong decision on Charles. Charles hasn't had a great last six races. He qualified outside of Q1 a couple of times. Race results haven't been great. We all know about the strategy and pit stops, et cetera, et cetera, with Ferrari that, 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 that hinder their drivers at times. But Carlos is a very capable driver. Clearly at the moment, Charles is number one. I don't think Carlos will be doing leveraging. I don't think he's got that many cards to play other than he's got 10 races or something left in that seat this year. And whether they choose to go on will be – Indicative of how he performs at the moment, at the at the moment, and if he does like he did in Monza, I mean that's huge for the for the Italian fan base for Carlos to get a podium the way he did and get it on pole. That'll change a lot of people's perception of him publicly moving forward too. So yeah, great. I'm stoked to see Carlos starting to perform as he as we know he can. Yeah, let's staying with Sauber for the moment. Of course, Alfa Romeo departing from Sauber for Audi, then take the team on in 2026. Uh, Joe Guan Yu is currently a driver alongside Valtteri Bottas. We all know that, but Joe is not contracted for next season. Tio Porcher, though, is in the picture. He's a Sauber Junior driver, Campy. Would you uh, be okay with a Sauber Junior come actually getting into a Sauber Formula One seat alongside Valtteri Bottas? Don't mind it. That's why you have a junior program, right? So they've got to promote within. Has Guan Yu Joe done enough to secure his seat? Probably. Mm. I mean, he's Valtteri's the better driver, but Guan Yu Zhou has consistently got results that go, oh, he's not a bad driver. In saying that, he hasn't had the performances like a Piastri has, and albeit being in the car, sometimes you need those breakout performances that demand media attention for people and your, your stocks to go up. And we all know what Oscar's done this year and how he's performing against Lando, but... Valtteri's a very well-established and capable driver, and I would say Guan Yu Zhou, has, over his two years, has performed as good, if not better, as Piastri, but they haven't got the big race results where they're close to a podium or getting poles in order for him, for his, for his the perception of him to be better than what it is. So I think he deserves his spot, but do you take Porcher? You've done two years with Guan Yu Zhou now. They haven't had a Chinese race, and Guan Yu Zhou would be a, that's a massive market for them. Unfortunately, they haven't had the race there. So we hear rumours that they're going back next year. Will that happen? Well, I don't mind China as a racetrack. It, it looks quite cool. The the first sector's awesome where it you know, circles around and doubles back on itself, which produces good racing, but the rest of the track's a bit of a flop. And historically, we haven't had great races there except for 2018 when Danny Rick overtook, you know, five people in the last 20 laps to get the win. So... Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I don't know what they do. I would probably stay with Guan Yu Zhou to at least get one China race out of him. Pusher will be in the system. He's performing well in F2. They've changed the rules now so he can go back to F2 as a champion if he wins it this year. So <laughs> the upside's up. And he's got time. We don't need to rush these kids into places they don't need to be, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's my yeah. thought. I'm not sure to answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think think Joe's done more than enough Uh, and he is behind Valtteri on points, but 
it seems more often than not he seems to be further up the grid than Valtteri when I when you're looking at something happening in the race. So anyway, we'll see what happens. It's just interesting, and I think the, we're starting to see now Campy a little bit of the silly season starting to rear its head. It's not as silly, not anywhere as silly as last year, which is probably a good thing. We just need a little bit of a break from that ridiculousness. Campy, let's preview the Singapore Grand Prix properly. That's what this episode is all about. <laughs> Next, uh, well, sorry, last year was an absolutely cracking race. It was a wet start. It had that classic Singapore downpour. And uh, we ended up with Perez winning, Leclerc and Sainz a second and third. Fourth was Lando. Fifth was DR. And Max was in seventh. Uh, and one of those amazing things of Max getting frustrated being further back in the pack, and he tried to take Norris at one point, didn't he? He did. He tried to take the inside around 15 from memory and collected him. And No, he flat-spotted his tyre, didn't he? Braked hard and flat-spotted his tyre. Look, my memory from last year, not that I, I didn't do any research and look at last year's race <laughs> and what happened, but my memory was is Max had a penalty and he's coming from the back of the pack the whole way through or anyway, he his pace was astounding compared to everyone else, but every time he pushed and tried to make make things happen. He didn't let the race come to him last year. He tried to make things happen and 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 unfortunately it wasn't his night and it was a frustrating race. So they clearly had the pace. Checo drove well out front. Uh, it's good to see McLaren get some results last year. They needed it. I mean you think about yeah. Danny Rick's win. It's still the only McLaren driver since Fernando Alonso to get a win. Lando has <laughs> got one. The history books will suggest that Danny Rick was better than Lando over that two years. So, <laughs> um, unfortunately for us, the reality just, of it probably wasn't the case. So you just triggered um, everyone on YouTube. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't care about everyone on YouTube, but that's fine. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I'm looking at Monaco from this year to suggest to me what we see for this yeah. weekend. And I, I, I think this is probably Fernando's last chance of the year to get a win if mm. something was going to happen. He needs to be on the front row in qualifying and he needs some luck to go in his race because I think the Red Bulls are far, it, particularly on this style of track, they're just going to be way better than anyone else, which is like they are at most tracks. Let's jump to doing some predictions, then we can talk a little bit about why you think that. So front row, who's your front row for this weekend? Max uh, Alonso. Yep, okay. Podium? Max Alonso Piastri. Okay, so Max and, and Fernando for the front row for qualifying. What about 10th? This is going to be a highly contested spot for the last point, championship point. I think Lando is going to be in 10th place on the last lap and then he's going to be overtaken by Guan Yu Zhou <laughs> to, to not get a point in 11th <laughs> on the last lap. So Guan Yu Zhou for me is going to be 10th. <laughs> so good. Uh, I agree. Well, his teammate gets a podium too. So, Oh, okay, great. Yeah, we'll just add a – yeah. you get a podium for fourth. Um, oh, look, I agree. I think uh, it's going to be a Max and Fernando special. Although we – and I, did, I said this before we started recording and I said this last week, that Singapore is a street circuit and allegedly Sergio Perez loves a street circuit. It certainly this year would suggest every other street circuit that we've gone to, he has managed to have a very good result. Um, but podium wise, I th- I actually think not. 
And not that I want this necessarily because I think I want a Red Bull absolute domination for the rest of the year. But part of me, especially listening to the high performance podcast that Fernando did, I really want Fernando to get another win in Formula One. So I'm I'm going to bet hedge my bets with him on the top step of the podium. And I think it's going to be like we saw at the very beginning of this year, a double Red Bull and Aston Martin podium, but it's going to be uh, Fernando Alonso, Max Verstappen, and then Sergio Perez. And in 10th, I'm going to put Liam Lawson because I just have this feeling that he's going to be able to outperform Yuki Tsunoda this weekend. Don't know why. I just I just have that feeling. Uh, so that's, that's where I'm at. Let's talk a little bit, Campy, about, Liam Lawson, because you weren't around for for the Italian Grand Prix review episode. How do you feel as a fellow Kiwi? How do you feel he's doing? He's got his shot in Formula One. I don't. Everyone's been talking about online, and you know, Liam beat his teammate. Give me a break. Yuki was. Well, that had penalties involved. So, (laughs) well, totally. And Yuki didn't even start the race. I mean, geez, he <laughs> qualified better than him. So I think he's done well. He's been thrown in the deep end and he's had to learn. Has he performed as good as what everybody's making him? I mean, when I say everybody, I mean a certain corner of the internet has been on his bandwagon or train and trying to hype him up a bit. I don't think he's been as good as those people have said, but he's but he's done his job. He's stepped in late. Over a race weekend, I think his performance in in Zandvoort was incredible to do that, um, and he looked good at times over the weekend in Monza too. So, depending on which way AlphaTauri decide to go next year, a Red Bull group, well, I could see, as I said before, I could see, I could see him and Yuki in that seat fighting for a top drive, Nick. You know, over the coming two or three seasons, at least till the regulation changes in twenty twenty six. So yeah. yeah, I think he's been good. Yeah, good. I oh, look. I th- I'm here for it. I think he's he has had a long time being in the junior program for Red Bull. He's done a lot of different things for them: DTM, Super Formula, uh, done some free practice sessions in the car in the AlphaTauri in the past. Of course, F two. It's good. It is good to sort of restore, I suppose, a little bit of faith for other Red Bull juniors that maybe the Red Bull junior program will actually be used by Red Bull rather than Nick DeVries and Sergio Perez. Uh, well, look, that's that's probably it for this episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm excited about the Singapore Grand Prix. It's still at a stupid time here in Australia, even though it's very close to Australia in comparison to everything else. Uh, but that's okay because the Japanese Grand Prix is on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which oh. is very, very exciting. Oh. Uh, if you would like <laughs> to join a little... pub somewhere. Yeah, if you'd like to join a little watch along the Richmond Club Hotel, Matt Walker in our Discord has set up a little event. So make sure you go to our Discord, find the uh, LSD gatherings section, and you'll find the Facebook event information for a little watch along in Richmond if you're based in Melbourne and want to watch some Formula One together for the Japanese Grand Prix. But that's in a couple of weekends' time. Of course, the Singapore Grand Prix this weekend. Uh, so make sure you join our Discord if you haven't already. The link is in the show notes or you can go to our website, uh, lakesidedrive.com.au and click the community button. 
You can also support the show financially if you would like to. Uh, you can do that by either going to our Patreon, becoming a patron and listening to ad-free episodes, buying merchandise. That's always very much appreciated. And if you want to support the show for free, just show us some love. You can do that by leaving a rating or review wherever you're listening on whatever podcast app of your choice. If you're watching us on YouTube, please click the subscribe button. I think that is all of the pandering I need to do for this episode, Campy. Uh, very excited for the Singapore Love Grand Prix that. to review it all with you this time next week. Wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a fantastic week. And, of course, we wish Daniel Ricciardo all the best for his future world championship in 2024. See you next week. <laughs> See ya. Shall we, uh, shall we go? Should we have a have a thing? Let's go. Hey, count us down for a clap. We don't need it, but, you know, let's do it anyway. Three, two, one. How far out was that for you? Oh, a good couple of seconds. Oh, shit. Okay, good. Sports Social Podcast Network.